The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and this week we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw for January 9th, 2017. We had a title change, the return of The Undertaker, the Heartbreak Kid, more build-up to the Royal Rumble, lots of stuff to dive into. Joining me, as always, Wrestling Inc. founder Raj Geary, and also from the site, we got Chris Calicut. How's it going, guys? I'm doing well, guys. I'm doing good, and uh, Matt... Couldn't join us here tonight at the last minute. Something came up, but he will be back next week. Yes, uh, we just speculated in the pre-show that perhaps uh, this episode of Monday Night Raw, finally there was an episode. Matt Morgan just could not make it through. (laughs) But, uh, you know, with any luck, he'll be back next Monday and he'll be dearly missed this week. Um, So let's jump right in and talk about the show. Uh, You know, it was interesting. Uh, You know, uh, we had this opening tonight uh setting up the handicap match right uh but first we had stephanie mcmahon mick foley backstage mick got a haircut i have to say a lot better 100 percent improvement over whatever he was rocking last week um and stephanie brought up that the undertaker would be appearing tonight um the last time he was on smackdown of course and braun Strowman came in yelling freaking out roman reigns bill goldberg rollins somebody they're going to have a match. They set it up for uh, this idea that, you know, Braun Strowman is pissed off coming off his match with Sami Zayn and uh, all the hijinks have ensued on last week's Monday Night Raw. But we go to the ring for a two-on-one handicap match for Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. And once you know it, Braun Strowman's rage overflows into that event, causing it to be postponed for later in the show. And instead, we open with Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins. Uh, so, Chris, our guest this week, what did you think of that match as being sort of the kickoff first real action that we saw during the show? Uh, the match itself was fine. Um, it was there to sort of build Braun up still because you have a guy that can make him look like a million bucks in Seth Rollins. Uh, but just going back to the opening segment, yeah, you, you had to give Reigns a beat down to sort of make what make what happened at the end of the night sufficient, I guess yeah, you could say. Awesome. Yes. Um, so, you know, you know, the opening segment, I had mixed emotions with the whole performance review thing. I didn't buy that at all. I even put on Twitter, I'm like, are we going to get a, an inside look at the HR department later on? So, I mean, I didn't know exactly what they were going to do with that with the Undertaker follow-up, but the match itself I thought was fine. Roman, uh, that's the first time we really saw Strowman um, retreat a little bit after the chair shots and the chairs. So uh, it was fine. Uh, nothing great, nothing bad there. Yeah, it was uh... – I think Mick Foley comes off like a tw- like a twenty year old intern in these segments, as opposed to yep. you know like a a WWE legend. It just comes. It just looks so bad, and uh, I, I I just think that this role is just doing him no favors. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you know I like that it keeps the guy employed. We know obviously he needs uh, to pay for some surgeries coming up. Uh, he's got his own health issues, so it's good that he's got the steady income. But I just I don't know what they're doing with the character. Every time they try and uh, inject him into the storyline, it becomes this weird drama with him and Stephanie. And uh, all I'm saying is, if they're doing a performance review, what a missed opportunity for the reemergence of Corporate Kane. I think that greatly uh, would have improved yeah. tonight's episode. Wrong brand, but uh, I think yes, he'll smack no. down <laughs> Hey, if Undertaker but, uh, could do it, or maybe Undertaker could have worked in HR, that would have been a perfectly natural segue. Corporate Undertaker, have him come out and do the review. But I also put this uh, on Twitter earlier tonight. I said, the guy that needs hip surgery, you have him on the loose looking for Undertaker walking around the entire arena. That that seemed a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just the, the whole thing. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, Raj and I were talking about this in the pre-show tonight. So tonight there was a college football game. So, you know, with that in mind, next week, next week, hopefully we're going to get 100% of the WWE's creative energy going into Monday Night Raw, knowing that they have less in competition and you're going to have more eyeballs on the product. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, something tonight. Uh, so yeah, we went to uh, Strowman versus Rollins ended with double count out. Um, and the, there we had, let's see, 
backstage segment teasing of uh, Shawn Michaels in his movie that's coming out. Uh, oh, we have Bailey and Sasha backstage talking about Bailey becoming the number one contender, uh, getting into it with Nia Jax, setting up the match that was going to happen later in the evening there. But then Jack Gallagher versus uh, Drew Gulak. Um, so I have to say with this, man, I mean, man, the VOD villains just, just weep every week when this happens, right? Like, they're just like, how, how is, you know, Jack Gallagher so over or as over as a cruiserweight can be as it were and doing these flashy matches, he's got not only, you know, the gimmick, but the in-ring performance. And meanwhile, the VOD villains are just withering away. I mean, there's not even a, you know, secondary show for them to go to now, now that they killed, I don't remember if it was uh, superstars or main event, the VOD villains are just MIA completely Jack Gallagher you know, getting prime placement on Monday Night Raw. Uh, part of that, I think, is due to uh, Simon Gotch's doghouse placement from the fight with Sin Cara a few months ago. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know whether that's actually true heat or not or why they're not getting any time, but they're actually okay. I, I enjoyed their work in NXT, but uh, as far as Gallagher, he's one of my favorite new characters. I was actually fairly unfamiliar with him until he got to the Cruiserweight Classic and, you know, I instantly fell in love with the, the dude's work, so... Uh, this was a match to get in his regular spots. Um, the, the little handstand kick block, whatever you want to call it that he does in the corner. Um, he got his spots in Gulak is trying to be more comedic, which is odd for the character that they introduced him with as this sort of, uh, stern, badass kind of guy. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I like Gallagher a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, you know, you could hear a pin drop like early in this match. It was so quiet, but by the end, Gallagher got over. So mm-hmm. it's it's like he's he's getting over with the fans. The more the more they see of him. Well, with the moves, I mean, the thing he was doing in the corner with the ropes and the upside down. I mean, it's like I, if you're flipping the channels and you saw that, you would stay on to say see who that guy was and what he was doing. I mean, it was it was different. And if you know, that's what the cruiserweights were supposed to be is something truly different. And I feel like maybe they didn't push the biggest characters right from the start. I feel like we wasted all this time, you know, with D. Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins, who, I mean, maybe they were the most polished or the most in the WWE style uh, that could do that. But I don't think they pushed the biggest characters starting with the cruiserweight division on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so- that's, that's true. But uh, we also did not need to see TJ Perkins, TJ Perkins um, teaching Shawn Michaels how to dab backstage. That did <laughs> not need to be a thing. Sean, um, Sean ended up being a net negative on this show. Yeah, well, you know, he's got to promote that movie. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of WWE studio stuff. I think that's going to be one, one of the rare ones. I'm like, you know what? I could pass on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it, and it's tough for me because I'll tell you, they showed that preview for Surf's Up 2 Wave Mania, and I was like, holy Christ, what in the heck is this? This is so <laughs> badass crazy. I have to watch it. You know, but uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels finding God uh, in a, on the screen. now. I can skip that. I actually think he helps someone find God. Oh, well, there you go. Um, nothing, nothing against finding God. I understand him. Shawn Michaels' personal life finding religion has been a huge, huge step forward for him. I just think that uh, it's interesting for the WWE to be crossing over to this specific genre of film. Yeah, yeah, um, which is great because if you're into it, it's a great film. But you know. I don't know. I find those things a little overly uh, heavy handed as they were. Uh, so we went from, uh, we'll talk more about Shawn Michaels segment in a minute. Yeah. TJ Perkins back with Shawn Michaels, man. I mean, there was a lot of like, am I insane or did it seem like there was more backstage stuff tonight? I felt like we got, if it felt like an off episode, you know, I, I felt like maybe because of Shawn Michaels undertaker, we didn't have as much traditional action as we do in a typical episode, but it was, it felt the rhythm felt very off. Um, yeah, go ahead, Rush. Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there was a lot of backstage stuff, but normally if they try to include that, it furthers storylines. A lot of this really didn't, unless you want to count the, uh, Sasha Bailey, Charlotte Naya thing, which set up the tag for later. But even that's just sort of a placeholder until we get to the rumble. So I'm not sure what purpose a lot of the backstage stuff had tonight. It was weird, weird filler, you know, that it felt like, um, oh God, just, I know, I know last week, didn't last week, Raj, didn't we say last week sort of set the new low, you know? And I think this week would have at least tied that if not for the final segment and Chris Jericho becoming the United States champion. I feel like that's what put this over and gave it a notch above. 
Yeah, I think it's weird. You're seeing SmackDown doing their best episodes and Raw just keep waiting for it to get good. And uh, hopefully next week. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, backstage Foley looking for Taker, teasing Foley's performance review. Uh, Come out to the ring, Shawn Michaels. Um, Yeah, he was there. Got interrupted by uh, Jinder Mahal and Rusev with Lana. Uh, Then Enzo and Cass came out. You know, I thought it was cute. I mean, this wasn't like the most awkward of uh, returning superstars as it, as it goes. What do, you, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I thought it was entertaining to see uh, HBK with Enzo and Cass. Like, I thought that was good. I thought the Rusev stuff with him was a little painful. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I thought this whole this whole segment, I thought, was just... I thought Sean was off, like his promo. As, as soon as he you know, said the lines, but I'm here to promote my movie. I mean, just the, the life was taken out. And I like how he shut down the crowd every time they were trying to. Yeah. But he came across as like a parent, you know, talking down to the crowd. I don't know. I just thought this did Sean no favors. It did absolutely nothing. Um, It it was a plug for the movie, but other than that, I don't think it helped Enzo and Cass any. Um, And Rusev looked, Rusev looked like it just a, a delusional comic heel, which he shouldn't be, you know, with, with, uh, how he's, you know, with his size, how good he is in the ring, his natural promo ability. I thought this was just, just awful for him. Well, this is a recurring role for Rusev though. Anytime that they have a legend returning, it seems like the gags on him and he's out there to eat whatever finisher that that particular legend has. In this case, it was sweet chin music, but I thought he was going to get it in the ring, but no, it was during the match. Uh, obviously this, I think was designed to give Enzo and cast the rub, but I just don't know if it worked. Um, and I, I said on Twitter as well, I was like, uh, this, you try, you got to try really, really hard to make a Shawn Michaels segment bad. And I almost think they accomplished it. So I said, you know, congratulations to the WWE. So it, it was a very odd use. Obviously he's there to promote the movie, but it, you could have found something better for him to do instead of just being out there with the guys and just looking like a, a prop more or less. Yeah. And I, I feel like with Sean, with the Alamo dome, you could have done a little bit more to uh, hit home that, you know, this is going to be taking place. I mean, they mentioned it, he, you know, he mentioned it, but I just thought, you know, showing some clips from that Royal rumble of the crowd and 60,000 people and how big it was, you know, uh, I think, uh, there, there was an opportunity there that was lost. Yeah, they could have done something. Um, and the movie, of course, is The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which is out, uh, I think, was it the 20th or uh, like a week from tomorrow? Uh, it comes out. And and even with that, right? I mean, he did try to make it serious and sort of work it. I don't know. I mean, they just could have done so much more with the segment. If he was there to plug the movie, I think actually HBK has a compelling story about how he turned his life around. They could have done a video package that would have been nice for that. But I'm telling you, as we're talking about it, why in the heck didn't they bring HBK into SmackDown tomorrow and we could have had Sweet Chin Music versus No Chin Music brought out Ellsworth? The segment just writes itself. Uh, at least I'm not the only one that thought about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, but that would have been world's more entertaining than I think what we saw tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jinder Mahal, though, he's looking, I mean, we talked about this before, but Jinder's looking, I mean, he's looking really good. I th- think they just need to give him something a bit more than being Rusev's, uh, not even Rusev's sidekick. Like, Rusev's lackey at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Because, yeah, Jinder is looking good. Um, so that's all that should really be said about that. Um, <laughs> Big Cass versus Jinder Mahal. I mean, we know Big Cass won HBK, dropped Rusev with Sweet Chin Music, and uh, yeah, something. Um, got, so we could talk about this because Matt Morgan is not here this week. What is up with this Emma thing? Can you give me any insight into this, Raj? Because this week, I mean, I, I know we're, 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 what, two or three weeks away from breaking the Brodus Clay record, maybe, for the longest they've teased something without a return? I don't think there's anything up with it. I think they're just waiting till after the Rumble. Really? Yeah. There will, there will never be a perfect time for this. I mean, did, did her shtick need a makeover at this point? <laughs> well, regardless, that's uh, that's where they're at. Yeah. How about you, Chris? You excited for this? Emelina? If she comes back in any semblance of her old gear or old gimmick at all, then what was this all for? Because apparently on some of the house shows, she's been wearing 
some of her old gear and stuff like that that she had just as Emma with the aviators and stuff like that. But Which was a it, fantastic look. Yeah, and I saw nothing wrong with that. And even if they paired her and Dana Brooke back up, I thought that was a fine duo back in the day. Um, but if there's nothing really different, what's you know what difference does it make? And she's such a actually really good in ring worker. And putting this gimmick on her to me is just going to limit what they're going to do with her in the actual ring. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I just, look, you know, bring back the awkward dancing. I think that would be a welcome throwback at this point. But it seems to this, and my wife made this comment, it's like what they're doing with this Emelina thing, I mean, this is contrary to everything they've been telling us about the women's revolution in the WWE for the last, you know, coming up on two years now. I mean, we just had this whole big thing about they're not divas anymore. And so to bring back someone that was like, I mean, I'm sorry, in those aviators, she came across as a badass women's seal. And now to bring her back as a pinup, I think is very contrary to the message that they've been pushing. So I don't know. Maybe that's my disappointment there. But just, in, in, you know, just stop showing the promo if it's not imminent. I think there should be a new rule that it's like, unless it's genuinely coming up in the next few weeks, just, you know, hold off for a bit. It's just a game at this point that they're all playing. They're laughing as the promo goes on. You know they are in the back. Yeah, it's it's kind of a rib at this point. Yeah, I and mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it'll never happen. Has there ever been one where it just straight up didn't happen? For oh yeah, rib? yeah. But for not for this length of time though. No, no, I can't. I can't remember the last time they did. Uh, I think Jericho, one of his returns, they did it for a really long time. Uh, the Save Us Y two J. Yeah. Or it went on for months, but uh, yeah, this. I'm sure she'll debut. I mean, she's she's been at the show. She's you know been at live events, but uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, so maybe maybe it'll be the pre-show. Who knows? Um, so we went from that to uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Lynn Serato versus Neville. So if you guys have been watching uh, 205 Live, because I will say that you know that is one that has not made it my weekly rotation. So are you guys watching what they're doing with Neville on that show? Uh, uh, yeah, I've been covering it uh, for the site, and it's progressively getting better, and the return of Neville has helped that, especially this uh, evil Neville or, or Neville or whatever you want to call it now. Um, but Lince Dorado, too, is one of the better lucha workers they have. I think he could be a big thing, especially if Graham Metalik comes back as well. But 205 Live is progressing, still not great, but progressing, and uh, Neville's been a big part of that as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Neville adds a lot. It, it's hurt by the crowd every week, you know, yep. w- when they're on after SmackDown. It just feels like a dead crowd every week. But the wrestling has been really good on that show. But you get to see a lot of good wrestling now. It, that's not as hard to find as it used to be. Um, so it, it it needs it needs a pep, you know. It, it needs to be moved before SmackDown. Have a live, you know, a, a crowd that feels awake. Uh, cause it's a good show. That's kind of going to waste because of the, the crowd. And, you know, maybe they just need to experiment more with what they're doing with these promos and with these segments, because I mean, to your point, Raj, I feel like the, the quality of in-ring work is consistently really good. I mean, across the WWE, you know, even most of NXT, the cruiserweights, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown. And I feel like it's not the ring work. That's the issue because these guys can go. Um, I think it's just the way they're packaging it, the way they're setting it up with these storylines that maybe people are feeling fatigue. I mean, am I wrong? Um, I mean, I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, who who really has time to be able to follow all this? So the people attending the shows probably don't know who any of these guys are because they, you know, they don't have the time to to follow everything. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that's probably part of it. Yeah, then the booking, and I think because the booking, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's just the same matches, the same matchups. I think that, that also causes people just to sort of glaze over at a certain point. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's spread thin. I mean, it's kind of like comic books, right? I mean, there's no one out there that reads every title Marvel puts out. But I think that they are doing a good job of trying to build familiarity. But uh, I mean, I'll ask uh, this, Chris, to you. Do you think with the UK tournament that's coming up this week, you know, and they're doing the promotional bandwidth on that? I mean, do you think that, you know, between that, NXT, the Cruiserweights, Raw and SmackDown, I mean, the WWE just, once you catch up, do they just keep continuing with this expansion to make it harder and harder to be an avid fan? To me, it kind of determines what they're going to do with the winner of that UK tournament because if they're going to make that an actual title, then you know we'll we'll see what they do there. They're going to bring it to the main roster. Um, so 
what possibly could that lead to? Um, or are they, they're calling this part of their expansion plan, I think is the way Mr. Regal put it at one point. Uh, maybe Triple H as well. So do we see a weekly episodic program take place from the UK that airs just exclusively on the network? So, uh, you know, it, it's sort of to be determined. Yeah. So uh, after uh, Neville won that match, he was uh, going really hard on Lince Dorado. So Rich Swan came out to save him from that, setting up uh, what's going to roll out between the two of them on 205 Live. Um, then we had a segment just to talk about this for a second. Sasha and Bailey talking to Stephanie McMahon. Kind of did anyone else think it was weird with with Stephanie like burying Sasha a little bit with that you know say what you will but I'm the boss line. I thought that was an interesting uh, sort of knocking Sasha Banks down a peg. Well, that seems to be Stephanie's MO. Um, She, she knocks people down a peg and, you know, she's graduated from emasculating males to, to, to doing females as well. Uh, Bailey last week to Sasha this week to actually the whole team, but that's just Stephanie's MO right now. So I don't see what they can do unless they're just trying to do the whole Daniel Bryan thing with this team and letting the, the, it's a, yeah, I mean that has to be the storyline they're essentially copying at this point with Bailey leading into WrestleMania season. But to me, that's just a tired storyline. It worked really, really well once, and it was almost by accident. So we'll see if it works on this one. I mean, th- this might be like the the dumbest question to ask, but I feel like right now with Stephanie McMahon, I mean, like, what's her motivation? You know, is it okay? So is her motivation as a character that she wants to be smacked down in the ratings at all costs? I mean, this she's not even doing, you know, what her and Triple H is the authority with this whole best for business thing. She's not being overt in what her intentions are. I mean, with Mick, he obviously favors the underdog. We understand where he's coming from. But I feel like with Stephanie, they just have her being mean just for the sake of being mean. It comes off like most weeks. Right. And it's not her being mean to the talent to motivate them to be better, to say beat the ratings against yeah. SmackDown. It's just her running them down for the sake of running them down, which to me is kind of pointless. And if you're trying to build up stars, you need to have a purpose behind what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And I think the best storylines that we see told, I mean, everyone has a clear motivation and purpose. I mean, every character believes that they are right, regardless of whether what they're doing is right or wrong. Um, And yeah, I think that that's, uh, it's just sort of lacking. And and that's the whole thing with her and Mick, because, you know, they've done their weird drama there. Um, It's, you know, Triple H hasn't been on TV in a while. And he's sort of referred to as, you know, this absent character. Um, I just feel that, yeah, like a coherent plot about what's going on, because with the authority, at least we kind of knew what was happening with it when it was Shane versus Stephanie on the same show. We knew what right. was happening, but right now it's this idea like, well, we're trying to meet, beat SmackDown in the ratings, but Raw does that 90, not even 99, I mean like 599 out of 600 weeks that right. happens. Um, so, you know, I mean, there is no real competition there. And I, I think that with the exception of Raw's one victory, they haven't done much to create a real sense that SmackDown can, uh, can overtake Raw in the ratings. Um, which is odd because it's still the fan favorite show. I mean, if you look online, all these year-end polls everywhere, people seem to prefer SmackDown vastly to Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same with me. Even I joked the other night when I uh, covered it, I said, you know, welcome to the A show. Uh, I mean, it's obviously tongue-in-cheek, but to me, that's definitely my favorite of the two big shows. But uh, obviously still being partial to NXT myself, even though the weekly TV is dragging on their end. But uh, but yeah, definitely SmackDown is the big show right now and the most popular and for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, when I watch SmackDown, I start going online saying, hey, are there any WWE live dates near me coming up? What's going on? Maybe we should think about going to WrestleMania. And during Raw, it's kind of like, you know, is there anything else to eat? Uh, <laughs> can I maybe, you know, play a game while I'm doing this. Just, you know, it's like barely exactly. holding interest. But yeah, SmackDown, I mean, gets me really excited about wrestling. And I think that there's such a night and day difference week in and week out. Uh, someone had asked in the comments earlier, but yes, we do indeed do a SmackDown recap, Raj and myself, every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time live on the Wrestling Inc. website. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes, the same feed that you get this very podcast on, same YouTube channel. Um, so we're going to keep talking about the show here in a minute, but I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, which is DDPO. DDPY. You saw Mick Foley tonight, man. With all that hair gone, you can see he has lost a ton of weight, gotten in great shape. Same as guys like Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho, and Gold Dust. And how have they done it? 
DDP Yoga. It has changed their lives and they've benefited immensely from it. So if you've been thinking about taking control of your own health and fitness, it's 2017 and they are having a big sale right now where for a limited time, you can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off. And with that comes three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Or if digital only, you can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. You can also buy a max or combo pack of 25% off and get 50% off the second one. Partner up with a friend, hold each other accountable, turn your lives around in 2017 with DDP Yoga. So if you've been on the fence about starting DDPY, this is the best time to get on board. What we want you to do is head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Stop procrastinating, get started now with DDP Yoga, and we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Um, moving on, Luke Gallows versus Sheamus. And uh, this was interesting because we had both Carl Anderson on commentary and Cesaro on commentary. Um, I mean, this seems like, okay, this is the feud. This is where it's going. We got the singles match. Uh, Chris, do you think that for perhaps the Royal Rumble, we're going to finally see Gallows and Anderson get a credible shot at winning the WWE Tag Team titles? I don't think they put them with the title yet. Uh, I think they still have to continue the, the saga that is Cesaro and Sheamus. They've got to put them on the same page for a little bit longer. Uh, so with that said, I don't think uh, Gallows and Anderson get the titles yet. Would not surprise me to see all four of these guys in the rumble itself. Um, you know, that we might have a face off there if they don't have a match at the rumble, which I don't know why they would not have a match at the rumble, but uh, there'll be a face-off either way, but I still see Cesaro and Sheamus getting the best of them. But what bothered me about this is this is 50-50 booking in and of its prime example because you had Cesaro versus Anderson last week. Uh, Anderson gets the distraction win. Gallows versus Sheamus this week. Uh, Sheamus gets the distraction win. So it's like tit for tat. There it is. What can we do next week to get us to the Rumble? Yeah, I don't know. I think they got to do something. It was interesting with Cole kind of dissing uh, their uh, championships in Japan, which uh, favorites favorites in the comments on YouTube is uh, mentioning that, yeah, he was just sort of knocking them every time he mentioned their uh, their uh, New Japan title runs. And it seems like right now, especially, I don't know, I mean, it's interesting given what just happened, you know, and how everyone's going on and on about, of course, the New Japan matchups from last week. Um, but it was kind of interesting night to have him touting that and Cole just kind of like, you know, poo-pooing the idea. Right. Uh, you think maybe somebody might have been in Cole's ear to do that, but that seemed to be uh, Anderson's only valid argument to why they are where they are now. Um, and Cesaro was like, oh, you beat me once, shame on me, and that kind of thing. Uh, but there really wasn't a whole lot of, uh, I guess, logical banter in between the two besides just the petty arguing and, uh, you know, citing their past. But I wonder if that did have anything to do with it, the, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show and all the matches uh, that, that apparently have rave reviews that I have not checked out yet, honestly. I watched some of it online and I got to say, I mean, I see why it's getting all the hype. I see why it's getting all the buzz. And um, I could see where wwe creative would probably be of mixed thought on this i'm sure there are some people on the creative staff and we've seen the rumblings of this online Meltzer and other people have talked about the rumors that some of wwe creative feels uh, really inspired to try and top what they did um and i'm sure that vince mcmahon and others are just kind of like yeah well that was good but come on this is the wwe and we're on a whole right. level you know in and of ourselves um so it'll be interesting to see what influence that has right um i mean everything major that happens in wrestling seems to get some reaction from the wwe whether it was you know the weird uh uh uh, hardy knockoff that was done with the new day and the wyatts at the compound i mean there always does seem to be some sort of reaction to uh big news and other promotions i mean what do you what's your take um what's your guesstimate maybe at the rumble maybe at mania what do you think they do try and put on a barn burner hour-long match to close the show perhaps or uh, that's that's not in Vince's cards anymore. I don't think. I mean, yeah. that's more of more of an entertainment spectacle more than a wrestling spectacle. Always has been, probably always will be. Uh, but the most, uh, I guess, touted reaction that we've seen so far is John Cena putting up pictures of Omega, yeah, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. And now, is that John Cena politicking to get him there? Or is that John Cena wanting a match with the hottest superstar at the time after a big match? Uh, you know, where does the money lie, I guess I should ask there. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Raj could probably chime in on this if uh, he's back. For, but no, I think he's still uh, finishing some of the back-end technical issues on the Wrestling Inc. website right now. But, um, I mean, the rumors are that uh, Omega has got to uh, got, well, like a year left on his contract. Uh, I think it's actually his contract runs out at the end of this month, I believe. And he sent out a tweet to say he has to reassess some things so he's not going to be able to attend some of the New Japan shows coming up. So, oh, wow. you know, that's that's definitely a wait-and-see issue. So he could not be in the Rumble. Rumble's on the 29th. Uh, but come Mania season, could we see a surprise somewhere? Sure, uh, because it seems like that's that's what they're doing, especially with the Cassius Ono uh, re-signing Chris Hero, obviously. Um, they're kind of picking, they're trying to pick the Indies clean, uh, at this point. So we'll see, uh, what happens there, but you know, new Japan's not an Indie of any sort, but, uh, obviously a huge organization with, with fantastic tradition, but, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. And, and WWE has the pocketbook to go after a guy like that. So speaking of which from the NXT tapings, they brought back Chris hero as Cassius Ono uh with the with the titan tron and acknowledged him as such on social media now i know the speculation here on this very podcast uh both uh, myself matt and raj has been that oh no you know they use the ko gimmick with kevin owens they wouldn't possibly have him come back as cassius ono have you have you heard or read anything online that suggests that that's actually going to stick they're not going to try and change that at the 11th hour well uh they just changed a couple of names as well far as uh, the new indie talents they changed uh big demo's name they changed tommy n's name so it doesn't surprise me that they brought hero back as cassius ono based on the fact that they already own the rights to that name oh and um, i'm sure other people are just dying to rip that off i mean that's a great exactly name, you know that's up there with lady balls in fact there you go exactly so i mean actually it's not a terrible name it's not a terrible name at all but uh <laughs> at least i don't think uh but the ko thing obviously you have uh Kevin Owens that already has that down pat. But if you're going to keep him in NXT separation, you know, that that's fine. You keep it where it's at. Yeah, but that's how long ago it was. Seven years ago, uh, when Chris Hero was in NXT, Cassius, of course, for Cassius Clay, and, and Ono for the then-at-the-time hot Olympic skater Apollo Ono that mm -hmm. they uh, borrowed that last name from. Really tells you sort of how long it's been since uh you definitely know, chris hero's journey in nxt i don't know i'd like to see them do something a little different but he's working house shows he was in the hero uh he did have his hero trunks uh from the photos i saw from the nxt house show he did over the weekend gotcha so there's hope there maybe cooler heads will prevail and uh <laughs> it just it was it was a good name but you know that time has passed and with kevin o the ko part was the coolest part of it and they gave that to owens so you know what are you gonna do uh but let's talk about the undertaker returning uh gotta say i loved steph doing the fake out uh coming out after the lights going dark there in the arena but the undertaker came out and announced his attention to uh you know that he's going to be in the royal rumble and he's in it to win it we did see uh, a cut to braun Strowman watching backstage which is interesting what that might uh foreshadow coming through but uh what did you think of the undertaker's appearance and what did you think of that sick growl that he did at the end after talking there uh no, taker <laughs> cut a taker promo i mean it was good you obviously get the chills with the undertaker entrance always have always will most likely i yeah. mean that's just that's just one of those things that never gets old um and him coming down to the ring by the way happened exactly the time the football game went to halftime just <laughs> just just in case you were wondering if the wwe is that crazy nope they're pretty smart when they put uh taker on so uh he cut his typical promo a couple of things probably could have been phrased a little differently uh <laughs> with the holes and all that fun stuff but Rest with that yeah the, the little howl and growl <laughs> was interesting to say the least Raj, what'd you think? How'd you think Taker looked uh, back in the ring? Feels like Taker just is, gets out of practice with how to do the promos and and gets yeah. overly growly, you know, and and overcompensates with with all the growling. But you know, the big news is that he's in the Rumble, and and when you look at this year's Rumble, I think it's the biggest that I can remember. I oh, can't remember yeah. the last time they've had this many top names. I mean, it's it almost been kind of a, a throwaway. Like the year that Sheamus won it, there was like. Or, or Del Rio, they had like no stars in, in the actual Rumble match itself. So, I mean, they are really loading this match up. So, I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing. 
Definitely. And I think part of it is that they, you know, this is one of the big four, right? So they gotta they gotta load it, especially coming into WrestleMania. Well, yeah, I mean, the Rumble's always big. I, but the Rumble match a lot of times itself uh, has been a disappointment, you know. Uh, like the year, uh, I mean, just a, the the year Batista won, you know. There there weren't any any big surprises. Batista, you kind of figured going in he was going to win. He did. Roman Reigns the year after that. Triple H the year after that. So this year it really kind of has you guessing. So uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a, quite a few names that realistically could win it. I think they have such oh. a great opportunity. I'm sorry, Chris, I'll let you go in a second, but I think they have a great opportunity to tell a real story here if they pace this. I'm almost, I mean, you know, I, I feel like uh, this this could be the long, I mean, what's the longest rumble they've done? Uh, uh, there was like one hour and nine minutes, something like that. I think they could go longer with this and really tell a story with all the big names they have involved. Yeah. But does it bother you guys that, three of the top build superstars in the rumble match are of the part-time variety. You have Brock Goldberg and undertaker. Does that bother you at all? Or are you just glad to see those names actually in the rumble itself? Um, I feel like if you're going to use them, it, it's, you might as well have them in the rumble itself, you know, as opposed to just at WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think uh, they can do that and have that be a portion of the match. You know, I don't think that's the main story. I mean, but that's what's so cool about this with all these names is they can tell. I mean, pardon me, I almost said earlier a chance to tell one story. I mean, they could tell multiple stories throughout this Rumble match with all the names they have involved and everything they have going on. Yeah, you, know, just... you, you have Braun Strowman, which that was an odd cutback to, to backstage area watching. Uh, so that seed is planted for the possibility of mania. Um, and, and then it depends on the Lesnar-Goldberg angle, which direction they want to go, who do they want to win the Rumble. Uh, you know, where the mania plans go from there. Yeah, I think, um, and and I wonder if they still totally know. I'm sure they have a, a general idea outside of those top three matches that are kind of already set. But uh, this allows them to kind of, you know, change their minds, you know, by having that many that many big names. If they, decide, if they did decide to go with uh, Roman and Braun Strowman at mania, which uh, I think that'd be god-awful. <laughs> um, they have that option there. If they decide we go Taker and Cena, they could have Taker win it and, and go in that direction. So, you know, go, if they decide to get Goldberg out of the Lesnar match and have him go for the title, that option is there too. So, uh, it's, uh, they've set them up with, you know, that they've set themselves up with a lot of different, uh, scenarios. So if Taker gets eliminated by Braun Strowman at the Royal Rumble, is that more or less humiliating than the year he was uh, eliminated by Maven? Uh, more respectable in some ways. Well, he did destroy Maven. That was more like a slip on a banana peel, and, and he yeah. destroyed, utterly destroyed Maven after that. Yeah. So uh, I thought, didn't Kali eliminate Undertaker, like dominate, not dominate him one year? Or was that, uh, am I confusing that with something else? Giant Gonzalez, like, came and destroyed him one year at the Rumble, right? With the, it's going. This <laughs> we're going way back, but yeah, uh, you're going beyond my history and <laughs> in, in, in my brain space here. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they've done it before where uh, people have dominated Taker, but that would be the way to do it if you're building. If you went with Taker and Braun Strowman, then you'd have to get have you know Braun get some heat on Taker, you know, because chances. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you have Taker beat Braun. Yeah, ninety three Undertaker eliminated by Giant Gonzalez. Uh... In the yeah, moment, which I'm old, the man. Them. The grays. So that happens when I don't shave. For, uh, <laughs> them. The rematch there. Um, and what do you guys think the odds are that tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, someone, uh, OZ uh, or O1ZM said it there. Uh, I think, you know, we got two Tuesdays, guys. Uh, how long till Ellsworth is announced as being in the Rumble? Uh, yeah, pro- I'm probably this week. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure he will be the elimination there. ever. Yeah, he'll be the comedy elimination. I don't know. That's the thing. I feel like they're stacking this so much. I mean, I'm really curious to see who the surprises are. You know, I hope we get some call-ups, some returns. Um, you know, I think the element of surprise is one of the most exciting things about the Royal Rumble, and I hope that doesn't get overshadowed this year. Well, you, a lot of times, you don't have an AJ Styles every year. You know, yeah. a lot of the times, the, the surprises are the DDPs, the Booker T's, uh-huh. you know, and, uh, and they're, they're more fun as opposed to a long-term thing. 
of course of course but the aj styles like i think that right there i think that really raised the bar and set people's expectations that we're going to see a big nxt call up or something happen this year i mean who knows i mean it's possible there is a table if ty there. dillinger does not come in at number 10 i will be highly disappointed <laughs> <laughs> i wonder i mean some someone there on creative has to have thought of that right but i think that's one of those things like the internet's just taking the idea and run with it so much that yeah He's, you got to wonder if it's even on their radar. Um, but I thought Taker looked good. You know, I almost wish now that he's aging a bit more that they would just bring him back, maybe, you know, go back to the American badass Taker or something, do a little tweak on the on the gimmick. Um, you know, but I, I liked uh, I like seeing him again. I think it's good. But I, yeah, I feel like we won't see it at the Rumble, but if he's in a Mania match, like, I mean, last year, even against Shane McMahon, I mean, you could tell where he's coming to the end of that career. So I wonder how much they're really going to push him with whatever they do at Mania this year. I still, yeah, think, I, mean, I still think Cena and Taker is the biggest Mania match you could do. Absolutely. Um, and if you do Braun versus Undertaker, that would be a train wreck. Uh, I mean, you, you have to put Taker in there with somebody that can carry a match, that can call a match on their feet um, if necessary. And Cena can do that. Well, he was with Shane McMahon at uh, WrestleMania, and that match was great. I mean, granted, no, it, it was, no, no, that match sucked. You didn't like that match? No, I mean, you had the 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 two stunts, but outside of that, that was a slow moving. Uh, it was slow. The you know the it, it, it built to those high spots, and those high yeah. spots were cool. And if you didn't have Shane to do those, uh, you know, it it would without those uh, spots that that match really sucked. Well, I agree. Okay, so my love for that match, obviously those those spots in that match were absolutely fantastic. But I even think with Shane coming against that, um, it set it up well in the sense that Shane clearly, you could tell, was sort of out of his depth uh, through a lot of that. So just the endurance, the way they sold it on that, for me being there, and I know Raji were there on the floor as well, that you know I was captivated throughout that entire thing. But yeah, it was definitely a slow and deliberately uh, paced match. Yeah. You know, with Strowman, I, I don't think with Strowman, I don't think that would be that's not a half hour match cena could do it seth rollins could do it you know triple h obviously you know like the veterans where you would have enough crowd noise that they would get into it regardless and i don't want to see triple h and undertaker again but i'm just saying that yeah uh he could but uh yeah you, i mean those are really the guys if you want to have a, a good taker match uh you know for one of his last wrestlemania matches th those are really the guys yeah um so let's talk about uh bailey and sasha versus naya and charlotte as a tag match that was interesting with uh naya pinning bailey kind of changing up uh the matchups there and how they finished it but uh chris what's your take on this you know i know we talked earlier that with bailey okay they're rerunning daniel bryan's storyline you know in a build up to wrestlemania but i mean what do you think in general of sort of the women's division on raw right now uh, due to injury, I guess, and then to me, they've got one of their better workers, Alicia Fox, um, sidelined with Cedric Alexander right now. So they're limited literally to only four or five women on the roster that they can work with. And I alluded to this earlier on, on Twitter that, you know, they, they build Sasha versus Charlotte last time as the final chapter, the last time we'll see it. And then who started off the match tonight? Sasha and Charlotte. I said that lasted all of what three weeks four weeks um so don't build some don't build something if you can't hold up to it but their limited roster uh kind of leads them to almost have to do it right i mean it's the same thing that they did with sammy and kevin you know like yep. so this is the last time they're meeting and, and then you know they were back at it oh uh, and again i don't mind that because i know with your limited roster you you're gonna have that and you're gonna have it relatively soon but maybe be careful when throwing in that step. Um, but uh, there's just so many talented women out there that there isn't a reason why that you should only have, you only have four or five women really in that division. Um, so I, th you know, there's WWE, they, they kind of have their run at run of whoever they want. So um it's 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 kind of their fault that the raw women's division has just been running on four women right now. Yeah, I, you know what I'll say I like tonight though about that match. Did you guys notice that Nia um, was smiling at a certain point? It was like she was breaking her typical kayfabe sort of scowl that she does and badass thing. And I have to say, I mean, I thought it looked good on her. Um, and I think that 
they can they can almost tweak her character a bit if they let her maybe they are going to let her get a little more expressive in the ring rather than just you know grunting and running at people and like giving them dirty looks yeah she def she definitely looked more comfortable tonight as a character um yeah. and in the ring but she's also worked well with bailey in the past so you know she probably felt a little more comfortable in the ring but i like her showing a little more expression uh, that sort of builds the character up at least a little bit more yeah you know, and man, like, and that's the thing too. It's like with her, we've talked about this before. I mean, like the most motivation they've ever given her is just re like reciting verbatim the lines to her entrance song. Um, but you know, in NXT, they, they did in some of the video packages, her talking about coming up and not feeling like a stereotypical girl and being athletic, but still feeling like there were, you know, I think uh, I'll tell you when, when Emma comes back. So if Emma is doing this ping up pant, pinup thing i think there's actually a really good opportunity there to do some storytelling with naya and, and really develop her character with sasha it just feels like you know both of them like okay they're gonna do this for a while now um you know that that'll be maybe what do you guys think maybe uh will that even make the rumble pre-show or will that be like the the monday night raw after sasha versus uh naya well you gotta remember the rumble is it four hours this year think it, it is it hasn't been announced i don't think but i would not put it past them it seems like the big four have all been four hours here lately yeah so i you'll you'll and and then usually they do a two-hour pre-show yeah um so you i mean you're probably going to have at least one women's you know smackdown match um they're doing nikki and natalia on tuesday but that could be a setup for you know and not the blow off yeah. so um I could, yeah, I could see them doing uh, Sasha and, and Nia on the pre-show. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, but that's the thing. So with Bailey, if they're not going to have her win with Charlotte, I mean, they'll probably just find a way to keep the storyline going till Mania at this. Point. Yeah, I think you're you're going to have them. They they seem they're, they seem like they're teasing it with Nia, you know, kind of getting on Charlotte, and you know, I, I I could easily see them doing something with those four, uh, yeah. you know, four way. Meanwhile, backstage, Dana Brooke is just hanging out with Emma going, yeah, they're not putting me on TV either. Okay. Uh, uh, so we went from that to, uh, so Alicia Fox, as Chris mentioned earlier, and Chris, I'm glad to see you recognizing Alicia's quality in the ring. I know I feel like I've had to defend her many a week here. Um, but yeah, Alicia now just being used as like this weird storytelling device with uh, Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander. That was, uh, I, like, I'm not really following what's going on there. I got the gist of the storyline, but I mean, is that taking a compelling or dynamic turn on 205 Live? Yeah, that's one of the running storylines they have going on 205 Live. Um, it's actually been with Nice and Gulak for the most part, uh, with Dar thrown in for good measure. Mm. Um, but I think finally, hopefully, we'll see the end of that come tomorrow night as I think Alexander takes on Dar tomorrow on 205 Live. But to me, she has so many better purposes than this. I don't mind it. It gives her something to do. But you, you can't tell me she's not better than, you know, the bottom half of the women's roster. Yeah, I think it. Uh, she, she's really good, but you know, when you're on TV for a long time, uh, you know, you, you you kind of you know cycle everyone in and out. So, for doing something on the side and then coming back and giving her a push, you know, I'm fine with it. Even though this this storyline is just so stupid. You know, and Alicia was like absent for most of last year. I mean, it seemed like, uh, I mean, she just completely got lost in the shuffle, uh, when they brought in the NXT women to, uh, to raw and SmackDown. So yeah, I'm glad they're keeping her on TV, you know, and let's not forget that, you know, Cameron, former WWE wrestler, Cameron got thrown off tough enough by Stone Cold Steve Austin because she cited it as her favorite match ever, Melina versus Alicia Fox on NXT. Uh, hey, never, for, never you, forget. Yeah, but that, it, it really hits you like how long Alicia Fox been around. Cause yeah. sometimes you forget that she's been around that long. Cause she, you know, she's, she looks amazing. She's, but she's, you know, been there for, for a while. Yeah. And she's solid. And that's it. And with Nia Jax, I thought that was really solid. Uh, I mean, and just even the fact that she could withstand that demolishing that they set up with her, I thought was impressive because that was much more brutal than the typical, like, I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw you, I'm going to do the leg drop, boom, you're pinned, you know? Yeah. 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 So uh, hopefully something good will happen there. Uh, but something good did not happen when we saw the continuation this week of Titus O'Neil wanting to join the New Day. Mm -hmm. um, so Matt Morgan, uh, initially, I believe he called this sort of uh, 
kind of racist with him putting him in the segment. Uh, I know I'd said, and people in the comments are saying, you know, if Bo Dallas tried to join the New Day, I mean, maybe if they rotated it and had someone different each week trying to do it, but uh, what's going on here? And uh, I mean, Titus is basically, I mean, just he might as well not even be on TV at this point, but with New Day, how far they have fallen that this is now who they're sharing segments with. Yeah. Um... It's bad. I think, I think you should turn Biggie or do. I mean, you know, I guess there's no rush to do it either. There's a lot going on right now, but uh, I, I don't think the new day is as long as a unit because I, I think since they lost the tag titles, um, and, and even before that, like it, it's it's been kind of dying out. So I think it's it's time to kind of move on. I was stoked. I thought New Day was off this week. I was like, oh, we're almost to the main event. New Day's getting a week off. This will seem a little fresher next week. But no. Uh, Chris, uh, what, what do you make of this whole this whole angle? Oh, did Chris oh, we, we Yeah, it looks like we lost Chris. Gotcha. Um, you know, all those silence is perhaps the appropriate reaction. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they, yeah, I just think they have so much potential. Either turn heel again. Uh, move to SmackDown, you know, do, do something to, to, to freshen up just because it just feels like the same act has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the, the, the perhaps lone super bright spot of this episode, which was the handicap match at the end, and specifically Chris Jericho is our new United States champion. So uh, Kevin and Chris each got their own, each got their own belt, which I, I think is fantastic to have the two of them sort of running SmackDown for a bit. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've been talking about. It it seems fairly obvious that Reigns is winning the the title, so it didn't it didn't make sense to have him have both. Yeah, and uh, if you're going to put it on one of them, it, it makes sense to have it on Jericho, and then Jericho and Owens be a WrestleMania you know match for the for the U.S. title. So, I, you know, I like that. In hindsight, now looking back at it, I like how they had it that Roman kept winning the last few weeks because most people thought he was going to win again tonight. You know, so it kind of it kind of uh, kind of swerved people into assuming, I guess. Well, it seems like almost this this idea, and they really set it up. Tonight, and Chris pointed this out earlier. It's like you had Braun. Uh, beating down Reigns at the start, and you toss in a two-on-one handicap match, proving that Vince McMahon is is like saying literally, it takes extreme odds and circumstances for Roman Reigns to lose a match. You know, putting on this idea that it had to be this perfect storm, as it were. Yeah. Well, you, again, with top guys, with your top guys, you should protect them. So you you shouldn't make yeah. it look like they they could just lose to anybody. You know, when people complain about Reigns not you know, kicking out of two or Cena. Well, it would, it would make no sense if they're losing all the time and they're your top protected guys. Could you imagine if Austin or Hogan or, you know, any of those guys were, were losing all the time? It, it, well, but you lose to other top guys. I mean, that's what we're talking about with the 50, 50 booking, but with Reigns, it's not even 50, 50. Well, there are no really other top guys in Vince's mind right now on yeah. raw. Well, I, th- I think you could say though, I mean, obviously the, the five, the five uh, from survivor series, I mean, uh, Rollins, Reigns, Jericho, Owens, and, and Stroman. I mean, as, uh, Jericho is beaten almost every other week. Uh, Owens. I mean, they've had him beat Reigns before, but yeah. uh, so, you know, he has lost, so it's not like he, he hasn't. So, but you should protect him. I mean, you should, you should protect the guys you perceive as stars. They should protect Rollins more. I feel like uh, they do a sloppy job with him, but uh, and Ambrose. Yeah, although I mean, maybe that's the point. Is you know, regardless of who they push each week, I mean, who Vince sees is invincible. That was an interesting way to look at it. Um, I thought the match was good, though. I mean, the two on one, it wasn't. I mean, and that's part of the problem is that we see these guys go at each other so many times in so many different configurations. At a certain point, I mean, does it? It, it becomes hard to subjectively even think about the match you just saw. When in your head, I mean, you've seen it a thousand times at this point. Yeah, it's just a variation of the same match they've been doing over the last couple of months. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I figured that Reigns was losing. I figured it was Jericho that was going to win. I could not get into this match just because it's just been done so much, and and the show pretty much sucked up in, up until this point. Yeah, it's very strange that they would do that. I mean, just that they would put that at the very end. Had that, and I said this earlier, had that been the opening match? I think the night would it would set off a much better tone than I think when Roman Reigns loses, it says to people, "Hey, anything, anything can happen. happen." Yeah, 
you know? And that's part of the reason, I mean, the new era when it started with Finn Balor and then his whole ascent, I mean, that was part of it, right? Finn came in brand new, won two matches in one night, beat Reigns in one night. That set a tone of saying anything can happen in this new era. And I think that that was a mistake to do it at the end tonight. I understand, you know, there were some concerns with football, but had they opened with that, I think, uh, you know, the show could have taken that energy and run with it. Uh, so Chris is back. What did, what did you think of that, uh, the main event tonight? Sorry about that, guys. Um, obviously, you had the uh, you tried to get was well, Jericho get caught in the cage there for a moment, and then KO attacked Roman, and then it honestly took uh, what five or six minutes for the match to start. I think it started right at 11 p.m. Eastern, yeah. Uh, and then they did a, like a 10 minute run over. But as far as the title change itself goes, uh, it's definitely the thing to do. But I would have either done it at the uh, beginning of the show, yeah. Or at, at possibly last week. Yeah. Yeah, just something different with it. Uh, I want to say in the comments, Mike uh, Rovalada has called it out. So I should stop hating on Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn sucks. And man, just thinking about that, how awesome would it be if Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns clean? Like that's a match I want to see. You know, I think that's mind. terrible. Um, why? Why would you? Don't to, you don't have your mid card guys beating your top guys? I see, but I think your top faces of the company. You don't do it. It's bad it's all business. Perception, Raj. It's all perception. Yeah. And for a certain type of fan, Sami Zayn is the top guy in the company. Yeah, right. You know, for everyone that goes to Wrestling <laughs> Inc., I guarantee you, of Wrestling Inc. visitors, more of them see Sami Zayn as their top guy than they do Roman. I guarantee you not. Because the Sami yeah, Zayn, you look at the results, the Sami Zayn articles never get as much as uh, a Cena or a, you know, Undertaker or any of those guys. But you can't get intent from that. Undertaker's nostalgia with Cena, are they looking at it because they love Cena or are they looking at it because they hate Cena? Either you way, know, it's got more interest. That's true. That is that's an interesting uh, perspective on it. That you know, perhaps hate is a stronger attraction than love in these cases. Um, but that's the thing. You know, I want to see with the, with the Royal Rumble match. So, so what do we got going into it right now? I mean, looking like we're gonna have what's the, we're gonna have uh, um, Owens versus Reigns for the Universal Title. Okay, we've been doing that at the house shows. We've seen that match a bunch of times. Uh, do you think that? I mean, so do you think that's gonna close the show, or do you think they're gonna close the show with the Rumble itself? man um i think i think the rumble it's weird because uh both world title matches you almost expect a title change because yeah. cena and aj you would think cena is going over um and and then with owens and reigns you would think reigns is going over but doing two world title changes on one pay-per-view uh i can't remember the last time they did that at the royal rumble when they had the split brands i don't think that they ever did they there's it's rare that they did that mania but um so who knows? Maybe they, maybe one of those won't be changing hands. I think AJ keeps it. Um, just I think it makes sense for AJ to keep it. I don't know. I feel like, you know, Reigns at this point feels like a status quo champ, same as Cena. And I think that it just completely, like, demolishes this idea that we're in a new era of the WWE if we're just going to go back to the guys that had the title a year ago, you know, or at various stages. Yeah. You know. Uh, Chris, what are your hopes and dreams for the way these championship belts go coming out of the Rumble? Number, I got Cena winning to tie record because I think that will possibly still that Undertaker uh, might potentially. Chris, Chris, you're you're kind of cutting in and out. All right, guys, uh, let me try to log back in one Very, more time. Man. I apologize, guys. All right. Um, there's no way Cena's losing to AJ again. You don't you know? think so? No. He's lost it's three pay-per-views now? Or it's he's been, been, been by AJ, AJ? Yeah. I, okay, so Cena wins, gets, the, and as Chris was alluding to, ties Ric Flair, setting it up. Maybe the WrestleMania, if not this year, then in a WrestleMania in the future, Cena will break the record. So with that in mind, do you keep Owens as the, as the universal champ? I... I... <sighs> I think Cena and Undertaker is the biggest match you can do. And I think for the yeah. world titles, it's even the WWE championship. It's even bigger. So for me, the biggest match you could do would be Cena winning and then Taker winning the Rumble. And I think you could do AJ and Orton or something like that. I still, I think AJ should be in a singles match, not in a multi-person match. Um, and then with Roman, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a, because I, 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 Braun Strowman to me does not seem ready at all. Yeah. So. 
I just, I just feel like with Roman and the way that he's booked, I mean, remember how fresh the WWE felt for that like wellness violation for that 30 day period Roman wasn't on the show? No, yeah. it didn't feel fresh. <laughs> it felt you know, like they, they had felt, felt like, like they had their opportunity to make a new star and they did absolutely nothing. Yeah. It was just to, minus a, a top like guy. I didn't know the outcome of every match because if Reigns involved, I feel like I know the outcome of the match, yeah. which is the main reason why I like Jericho winning tonight. Um, and it's not. Yeah, the but they, but they they are they are constantly running in the same spot because they yeah. don't win consistently. Yeah, they're they're never seen like a t- like Braun. You got He seems special because he doesn't lose. Like if Braun is losing all the time, you don't know that you know, and and you have that suspense. Well, it takes away that what they're trying to do. So, Chris, uh, your thoughts on, on where the belt should go? Uh, this being the universal? Yeah, either either both both with... Uh... Gotcha. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, Cena is probably going to get the, uh, the WWE title off of SmackDown, and I think uh, Reigns is pretty much a shoe-in to get the universal title. Um, but I actually prefaced tonight's match with, finish this sentence. If Roman Reigns is in the main event segment... Roman Reigns dot, dot, dot. And then I retweeted some pretty hilarious responses uh, to that question. But tonight surprised me. So will they start looking a different direction for him? I'm not sure. Should they? Probably so. But uh, I think they're sort of stuck in their ways on how they want to book him, and he'll be your universal champion come the Rumble. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, if, if it goes to, to Reigns and Cena, that would be – a step backward in a way, but it could be interesting to see uh, how they play that out from there. I just, you know, Rush, to your point with Orton versus Styles, I feel like that's that's the last card SmackDown has to play, and once they play that, they've got no more fresh main event matchups. You know, like that, that well, they, the, it, these matches are never the end; they're always the start. You know, when when they do it the first time, I mean, how long did you know Styles and styles and ambrose go you know yeah or, or ziggler and miss uh they you know it, it 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 wouldn't be a one and done yeah well well so we'll see what happens uh do we have any uh i i do, do we need to ask for a final thought on the episode i feel like we've all made our viewpoints incredibly clear um <laughs> on what we thought of tonight's monday night raw but with that being said raj are there any questions in the comments or anything we should address oh uh, wrap stuff up here let's get a let's get a couple here um I know we're running a little late, but let's get a couple. Um, I think like Vince, not good. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I, I know what just, you know, kind of ends up happening a lot. And uh, Vince McMahon, I just get my hopes up here and talk about it. And then Raj go, oh, that's not going to happen. And it's like, God damn it, Vince. <laughs> uh, any opinions or ideas for creative on how to get the booze off Roman Reigns post title loss? Uh, turn him heel. Keep the booze. He, 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 make him work. And and if he's not working as a baby face, turn him heel. Yeah. But in a sense, with the crowd that we have today, if you turned him heel, would he not then be cheered? Probably. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but, he, but the kids would be booing him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could, I mean, he's done that smart ass stuff that he did with, uh, I mean, we saw most recently with Rusev, right? I mean, it's like, he's, he's so close. And again, I pointed this out before, but if you go back and watch early NXT, watch the Roman Reigns debut when he came out in the suit and was very conceited and egotistical, he had a natural charisma and charm. I think that worked very well for him. And it's like, it's not like they need to have him out there pulling a, an AJ or uh, being like, you know, Rollins, like dissing the local sports team. I think Reigns can do it just in, you know, push it with the, the similar to how the rock did and be like, you know, he's got the pedigree. He's got the bloodline uh, for this and he's better than everyone else. And boom, you know, it's a very easy thing. They don't have to have him out there setting an American flag on fire to, to give him heel. heel. <laughs> no, he's, he, it, it would be, I, I think fans would be hot for it. And, you know, even with that, like response he gave to John Cena, who, you know, on Twitter, you know, it's just that cocky, uh, heelish response and I, I think he just has it in him i think i think he'd be really good in that role and and it's it's time i mean it's been time and that's why i don't think vince is going to do it but uh that would be the way to do it um jose has got a great idea how about aj versus finn balor at the at wrestlemania Ooh. that would be yeah outstanding Ooh. absolutely no definitely i mean god and, and that's part of it too man i mean it's like 
remember that week when Finn Balor was the champion and was was on the rise? Remember how fresh everything in the WWE felt and how optimistic we felt about the future? And I think that's that's what they're missing. They just need like one more top guy, maybe one or two more top guys that have charisma and a dynamic personality. And I think everything will feel right. You know, it's just right now they're going to the same well again and again too much. And with the Balor thing, his character is definitely over. Um, but if you look at the guy's in-ring work, it's not the most flashy ever. It's a lot of stomps, a lot of strikes. I mean, he's not the most flashy wrestler of all time. It's just, you know, his personality and his uh, character itself gets over. Yeah. Is someone saying Finn's on Raw? Yeah, but they do cross-promotion at WrestleMania a lot. Um, someone's asking about Kenny Omega. Uh my thought is that um, if he's still under contract, to Jan- you know, until January 31st, and he wasn't staying, uh, they'd probably do a couple of rematches and, and have him lose. Um, I, I don't think they would just remove him. So, I, I think my 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 gut tells me that he's staying with New Japan. He'll be back in March, and you know, his tweet and everything is just part of the storyline because. Really, is he going to be upset about losing a predetermined match? Of course not. But the one thing that gets me is John Cena tweeting, you know, posting those two images on Instagram. And you now he usually doesn't do that. Uh, yeah. There was one time he tweeted a guy that looked like Matt Hardy. This was shortly after, I think, uh, you know, one of their total nonstop deletions or something. But uh, I, I'd be surprised at John Cena putting over, uh, you know, someone that WWE, a company that WWE sees as competition. So I can't say it for sure. My gut tells me that Omega is staying with New Japan and will be back there in March. Well, we shall see. Uh, Anything else before we take it home? Anything to look out for in the coming days? Well, it's huge. (laughs) Cena versus Baron Corbin on SmackDown. We'll be back on Wednesday with the the podcast to, to go over SmackDown. Yeah. Good for Corbin. I mean, you know, I, I respect the guy. I've, there are times I've been a fan of what he's done. I think he's interesting to watch live, but um, you know, he's making the most of the opportunity. He, I mean, he had a good year. I think he, you know, probably top five uh, in terms of who had the best year in the WWE in 2016, you know, certainly uh, things really took off for him after that mm-hmm. WrestleMania win. So. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a step up the card for him. Uh, I, I see this one as kind of an audition, in a sense, to see if he's ready for that main event uh, type of role. But uh, I don't think we get a clear winner here. They're going to protect both guys, and we'll see something kind of uh, snarky happen tomorrow on SmackDown. Yeah, but I could almost see Baron Corbin, uh, Baron Corbin winning. You know, uh, probably cheating. Maybe, you know, maybe Styles interferes or something like that. But uh, but. Uh, yeah, I I see uh, I see them going, you know, with because Cor- I, I don't see them having Corbin lose uh, with the little push that they've been giving him. Yeah. And if Cena's winning the title, that's kind of how they do things. Is if you're winning the title, you, you lose. Could you imagine? I mean, they don't have the time to do this now if they're going to put the belt back on Cena at the Rumble. But could you imagine if they really had the time to have Cena go through, you know, like a Rocky Three progression of just like a series of losses? I mean, almost you know similar to like Ronda Rousey, and then at Cena like have to build himself back up to the championship. I mean, I think that would be a, a great Cena storyline, but his schedule doesn't really allow that kind of storytelling. Yeah, and then they just they could have done that with Cena versus The Rock Part Two, and they they totally didn't. You know, yeah. so and he's got too much of a brand to uh, I think have him lose consistently. Yeah, I mean he's he's a big enough star that you could do it, and it doesn't doesn't hurt him that much but at some point he has to get his win back i mean that's wwe so yeah totally um, well we'll see what happens so thanks everyone for joining us tonight if you like the show subscribe on youtube subscribe on itunes leave us a rating or a comment and uh raj and i'll be back here on wednesday 12 noon eastern to talk about smackdown live the results of cena versus corbin so until next time everyone chris thanks for joining us and we'll see y'all back here on the wrestling inc podcast and matt morgan will be back next monday night take care